You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. We don't speak to each other, any of us. So, I mean, that's not... When Nick Saban calls you, though, or Jimbo calls you, you answer the phone, right? No, they don't call. I mean, I don't call them. I mean, there's not a lot of... There might be some uh, conversation between a few guys, a few relationships if you've been on the staff uh, with somebody. I talked to Will, and Will was the head coach some, but it's not commonplace for, for guys to be reaching out and, and be friendly when you compete on the field, and we're constantly competing for prospects day in and day out. So... It's not super unusual to me. But it is super Along unusual. those lines, though, I hope you understand the question, Kirby. <clears throat> Since you've worked with Nick, so did Jimbo. Jimbo cast some serious excursions at Nick Saban the way he does his job. Was any of that uh, justified or grounded, in fact, in your experience? be honest with you, I, I, my phone started blowing up right when Jimbo hit press conference, and I haven't thought about it a day since. Because in the world that we operate in, 
you're worried about what's in front of you right now, which is the 15 recruits I'm trying to get on the phone, the conversations I'm trying to have. have. I'm not really worried about a feud between two guys that used to sit in the same staff meeting and have similar conversations. I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes things get heated. You'd rather not be in the, in the, in the public uh, arena. But at the end of the day, things like that happen. I mean, you guys should be on the headphones sometime. You'd think that was uh, Mickey Mouse. So um, it just so happened in front of everybody, and it's not something that I prefer to comment on. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm worried about what we do at Georgia, and that's my focus. SEC Media Days continues on our Wednesday edition, and uh, a lot of comments coming out of Destin, as it does each and every year. A lot of things to talk about. Discuss Kirby Smart saying he doesn't want to get into it about uh, what Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher's back and forth has been uh, been all about. But uh, we got Brittany Wagner in studio on our Wow Women on Wednesdays, as always. Also, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition, and a lot uh, to get to. Uh, we got uh, coming up Andrew Bone at 115. He'll join us. We'll talk recruiting with him, the impact that it's uh, right now for Alabama especially, uh, but across the SEC. We'll talk a little bit about that as far as the conversation between Jimbo and Nick Saban. But what's coming out of SEC media days and uh, a lot of discussion, too, from some of the uh, different alignments uh, that they're talking about uh, inside the conference and other things as well. Some big news there. All right, so, so stay with us. we got a lot to get into. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. It's the bowling of this generation. And uh, with you going after USFL games, pregame, postgame, tailgating you'll love it at top golf of birmingham also driven by sunny king ford on the sunny side of the street go see tony russell and all the great folks at sunny king ford all right we were sixth last night in trivia we did it we moved up two spots we did better <laughs> and nobody quit well here's the deal here's the deal jay you and i were there for the first round it's just you and me right we, I was there. we rolled through it. Actually, you were there for the first round. Yes, <laughs> that's just the first question. That's how much I contributed. Yeah, that's right. I don't even remember Sorry. that. Again, I'm there. see why y'all are not doing very well. No, no, no. And then, and then, in no, the room. so it's, it's the three of us. But it was it was originally Jay and I, right? And, Last and, yeah. week. But for the first for question, the first question, <laughs> first question, yeah. it was Jay and I. Yeah. And then you came. No, it was not. I was there for the first question. Yeah. <laughs> it was Jay and me, not Jay and I. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised right. y'all finished six. Okay. The, the three of us, the three of us were doing great. Three of us are doing great. We right. We're rolling through everything. And then the group arrived. My sister arrived. <laughs> okay. Third grade teacher. Not, not going to name names. Third grade teacher. Not going to name names. Up. Not going to name names. But uh, it, like, polluted our thinking. Because, look. Questioning. Yes. The, one question in particular, I think, got us off the rails. And <laughs> yes. that was... What decade in the 1800s did the potato famine hit Ireland? Mm-hmm. And I was really hoping that Matt Coulter was there. Mm-hmm. What do I look but, Irish to you? <laughs> no, you just know a lot about vodka. No, you, you, <laughs> I, I thought you... I probably know more about potatoes. I thought you were like an eyewitness to the event. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Actually, I wanted your wife there because she can do... uh, Karen is so good at crosswords. She can do do the Sunday... New York Times crossword, which is impossible. Well, she, you know, they, they get progressively harder through the week. And, like, I can sometimes get Monday, but never pass that. And Karen can get it all the way through Sunday. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so we need to make sure that you get your priorities right, Matt, and you don't go to church, don't on, go to Tuesdays. church on Tuesdays. Okay. You come and play <laughs> trivia. And bring your very, very smart wife. Why don't wife. we uh, just – I'll just bring, bring the church, whole yeah. – I'll bring, bring all of Grace, Grace Point. 
to the Vinic. Is that okay? Except now we have to me... switch venues, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, ah, we need where to figure out where we're Maybe we, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll look at it. I think Black Market had it on the air that they were doing it. I don't know. Anyway, we're two for, though, on the last question. Yeah. We've yeah. gotten the very last question and wagered 20 points both weeks. We've actually we've been gotten... undefeated on that one. Yeah. Yes. We're actually three. Three. three we're yeah. three and oh on the last question. Yeah. What was when the decade? Were... 1840. 1840s. 1840s. Yeah. And, and the person, not, that... not to name names, but the person who, uh, we said 1850s because the person at our table claimed that he wrote his Ph.D. dissertation on the potato famine. <laughs> and he knew it. He was so confident. <laughs> so adamant. And, and then and, he and was so So we wrong. did, like, pull, full point value, <laughs> and I, I thought, Full yeah, disclosure yeah. here. Who is he? No, no, no I, I said no names. Not naming names. <laughs> no. Well, he's just talking about his sister, third grade teacher. Yeah, I guess okay. Someone that okay. I can talk she about knows. Her. <laughs> we need to have your sister on no, here. We do not. She is so fun. No, we do she not. She has so many no. great stories about you. Exactly. It was just like story no, after not. story no, after story. No. And Jay, where, aren't where you going on the beach here in a couple of days? Jay? Oh no, Maybe she can guess. I'm not going ever to the beach again. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you an academic all American? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your major? But here, here uh, here's your point of reference. No, I'm just kidding. It so was, was Pat Dye. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. It was sports medicine. Actually, I went in as pre med. And then I, I did every biology possible. Chemistry, I just could not. It wasn't that I couldn't do it, but it was on Tuesday afternoons. J- Jason Jack, who was actually another quarterback, yeah, chose to go that path. And he's now a, a plastic surgeon and uh, doing very well, uh, by the way. Um, and so I decided to change majors, went into sports management after that, and with a concentration in marketing. So actually I'm a sports management, no, I'm sorry, minor marketing concentration in biology. All okay, that. well, wait yeah. a minute. One of our questions last night was about the periodic table. I don't know the periodic table. And if you had taken that chemistry class, yeah. you would have gotten that question right. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, so I never, I never What was it? The question was, what is the heaviest Me- element? Heaviest? Gas. Gas. The heaviest gas on the periodic table. Yeah. Oh. I had no Clay clue. Clay Travis. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, let's not go down that path. What, what, was it radium or something? Ray, ray, radon. 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 Yeah, yeah, radon. He said nitrogen. We were wrong. But the one guy said radon. He, he did. The he same guy confident. that said <laughs> it was the history guy. It's like you don't listen. No, he's yeah, talking he, about he, a guy he lost, radon. He had lost all credibility at that <laughs> point. Radon. And then, uh... <laughs> anyway, I, oh. I love Bar trivia. Yeah, it is man. so yeah. fun. Yeah. It's like it's it's how sh- maybe shallow my life is, but it's like the highlight of my exactly. week. Shallow my life. Is. <laughs> it's the one night that you have something to look forward to. Yeah, I know. Isn't that sad? <laughs> Let's get into Kirby Smart's uh, comments. We just heard, um, and Lars, I'll start with you. As far as just, he didn't want to get into it. Said, look, you know, you, if you guys could even hear what went on between those two guys on the sidelines uh, during games, what what still goes on with coaches. Coaches get fired during games. They cuss each other out. They Talk. I mean, it's just crazy what happens uh, on the sideline on the microphones. But he wanted to stay as far away from that. So, look, we're concentrated on Georgia. Yeah, I think it's a smart response by Kirby. And, um, you know, just to stay out of the fray. And, and Billy Napier did the same thing, kind of singing the praises of, of Coach Saban. And, and I, I think uh, I would expect every coach to do that. Um, uh, I do know that Jimbo is going to be talking to the media today at one thirty Central, I believe. And that will be very interesting to see if he is going to pour more gasoline on the fire or if somebody got in his ear and said, hey, it, it, let's do a detente here and and, um, and just smooth things over. Like Nick has apologized. 
you need to offer some form of apology to Nick. Uh, I mean, Nick's apology was kind of a, a non-apology apology. You know, he, 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 he didn't retract anything he said. We didn't say anything personal. Jimbo went personal. Boy, did he ever. What was your response to Kirby? Uh, I thought he handled it just the way that all the others should handle it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's move on. Let's get past this. It, it is time to start thinking about August. And, and I think that that's really what you're going to see from all, what you're going to hear from all of the coaches. By the way, this only makes sense when I think about people having meetings like that, power meetings, mm-hmm. that there's going to be a chair. Do y'all know who the chairman this year of the SEC select a coach? It goes, you know, alternates every year. Do you Lane know Hippen. who the chairman is this year? No. Lane Jimbo Hippen. Fisher. Oh, it is. Yeah, wow. I saw that. So oh, wow. I don't think yeah. he could dodge the media, period. Yeah. But yeah. being the chairman, he has to speak out. But I'm personally tired of talking about it, if I can just be real honest with you. I'd rather start talking about other things. And, you know, but NIL and transport, by the way, Alabama tries to tries to change the transfer portal. We'll get into that, too. But can't we just move along? No, because it's becoming a national story now. You know, because of the SEC meetings now, like, you know, Dan Patrick's talking about it. Uh, First Take is talking about it. And so it's sort of gotten uh, this new life cycle. And, uh, and, you know, people in uh, California are now becoming aware. I mean, to us, it seems like we've been talking about it just ad, ad nauseum. But uh, I, I think this thing has legs. And it's, it's going to regain strength in the SEC media days, which is, what, the second week of July? And so it's just uh, it's going to go through the summer. And I, I don't think it will simmer down until, again, players take the field. Um, but, uh, I, Brittany, we haven't had a chance just to get your perspective on Jimbo V Nick and, and, uh, just how you think it's all playing out. I, I, well, I think Jimbo needs some media training. Like he, he you know, he, he's like that. He's like that person that like has, gets mad and angry and emotional and then just has no filter and just says whatever. Um, I, I think somebody at Texas A&M needs to like, grab him by the reins a little bit and give him some media training. I do, you know, I'm not an Alabama person, so I'm probably going to be hated for two seconds here. But I do think that, you know, that that Nick, I mean, he's very intentional. Coach Saban's very intentional with his words. He's very smart. And he knew, you know, he was in that room full of donors and he knew what he was doing. And he, you know, he he did throw two programs under the bus, and one of them was Texas A and M. And everybody's you know saying like, well, he didn't he didn't call them out. He didn't say they deliber- intentionally say they were cheating. Well, but he but he did call out Jackson State and Texas A and M. And I mean, he he kind of started it. And and now Jimbo's response was super emotional and kind of. It's like it was icky. as if it was, it was as if like, Nick hit a nerve big time, yeah. and, it, it, and and Jimbo's response seems to suggest that there may be something nefarious going on, right? It, it could be because you know when when somebody accuses you of something, if you didn't do it, you just dismiss it. But if you were accused of something and perhaps you did it, you're going to fight fire with fire. Well, stories were coming out the entire week of signing day about Texas A&M. And, and so Sliced bread. Interesting. Yeah. Like, now all of a sudden you want to pull it back and say you didn't you didn't do it when these stories were coming out all the time. It was like that uh, Ole Miss recruiting class, right? Exactly. Of yeah. Tunsil. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But the other thing is I think Saban is the king of, like, pushing the line. 
You know, he's the king of like figuring out the workaround to the rules. And so it's just it's interesting to me that the guy that probably is the best at the workarounds is the one calling out another program for doing what is now essentially legal. Yeah, it, it just seemed like it was so deep for for uh, Jimbo. Like there, like this is something that's been boiling up inside of him for so long that Nick just needed to say one thing to set him off. Yeah, and he was ready to fire and ready to come after and you know call him all types of names. And I mean, pretty much said he's cheating. Go check it out. Go find it. You go get it. Are you saying he's cheating? Well, I didn't say that. I just made a statement. You know, I mean, he just he kept pouring it on narcissist, God figure. Uh, what do you call him? Czar Despicable football. 15 times. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm yeah, just the going. the calling is a little childish. Yeah. So, Saban's was more about, <laughs> yeah. the, more about the process of how things are, are going on. What happened at A&M was based on state legislation, not based on anything that Alabama, we had not caught up there yet. So he had the ability to do this. He did nothing wrong. He didn't cheat. He could use that platform or, or that legislation to recruit the kids the way that he did. Nick Saban was bringing attention to that. Talked about how the million, the biggest thing I think Coach Saban was bringing up is that you shouldn't be offering kids based on what they might make. Get them on campus, then begin to talk NIL yeah. instead of talking about NIL during the recruiting process. And 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 maybe he did and, and he did step over and he knows it by mentioning Texas A and M and by mentioning Dion and and uh, you know Jackson State. But I still don't think what he said was anywhere near as bad as what Jimbo said personally uh, yeah, about Coach Saban. And I I think that's where you know that was he went way past the line. I think the heart of this too is. That there is simply more corporate money in Texas, in Miami, in Los Angeles, Louisville, Cincinnati. I mean, than in than in Alabama, and Alabama is at a recruiting deficit if it comes down to kids going to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. Alabama can't compete when it comes to that. Simply can't. And Nick sees that coming, and I think he is trying to issue like a, a clarion call to. His colleagues, like this, is bad. This is horrible. Why isn't Why isn't everybody getting on this train with me? But a national, the national perspective is Nick's not getting his way. Wah wah wah. Yeah. Hey, how does the Wait. SEC look in all this, Jay? Let's Let's discuss that after the break. Let's do it on the other side. All right, Brittany Wagner with us. Last chance you, and uh, we'll talk more about her book a little bit later on. How you can get it. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. You're listening to Jay Barker's show on this Wednesday edition. Stay with us. We'll be back. Hour number one. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partly to mostly sunny, Tuscaloosa's high 92. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, scattered showers and thunderstorms developing by afternoon, the high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You know, the fact that, you know, we want to do these things in terms of helping players develop, um, you know, personally, academically and athletically. And I think, you know, there there are some people out there that would choose that. Um, There's some other people that might choose, you know, where can they make the best deal for themselves right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm, I'm just saying everybody's going to have to pick 
you know, how they want to try to manage this. And, you know, the question is, is this a sustainable model? I mean, can you continue to do this? And what are the team dynamics relative to how you manage this and how you do it when you don't have, you know, some kind of an equal form for every player on your team? Um, so, um, but, no, we haven't recruited any differently. Um, but I just think that, you know, players will uh, have an appeal for what they're looking for. Uh, and that may have changed because they have more options now. All right, welcome back in as we continue here on this Wednesday edition. Again, Andrew Bones will be joining us at one fifteen today. And we've got Brittany Wagner in studio with WOW Women on Wednesdays. And uh, Roger Hoover should be joining us uh, shortly as well. So uh, I'm not sure if you guys have got him up and going and ready to go uh, there for Roger Hoover. If not, if he can't go today, that's fine. Uh, just letting the production guys know uh, that as well. So uh, just let me know. All right, uh, we talked about the new rule coming out, uh, a lot of new rules, the Portal NIL Another one that was recently announced by the NCAA was removing the 25 limit of scholarships, 25 man limit on the scholarships for football in order to combat player attrition, uh, a crisis with the, which they was created by the NCAA. They said based on the portal and other things. So now the limit is 85. That's the number of total scholarships. I think that number should go to 100 to be honest. I think they should just, they got the money, increase the scholarship numbers, put more out there, give more guys an opportunity to go to power five schools or bigger schools. And um, also the 25, that's a great thing because you're losing so many guys in the portal. You can still get your numbers, Matt, back to that 85 number. Well, the, the one thing that uh, I have trouble with that is, is you're really hurting the schools below the Power Five, the the Jacksonville States and the Troys of the world because there's 15 scholarships times 60 times – well, they're, what, 120, what I call D1 schools. So I think it, it hurts them to a certain extent. So – and. It, but you have to do something because some teams are leaving, losing 10 players in the portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I'm still thinking, I hadn't got, I don't mean to change the subject too much, but it's transfer portal. I'm not sure, sure that Kelvin Sampson, the head coach at Houston basketball, has the idea. Make them sit out a year. I'll bet you see the transfer numbers go, what, cut by 85%? Kids aren't going to transfer. They don't have a chance to play immediately. So. Uh, there are some thoughts on that. But back to the SEC. I'm going to put you up first, Brittany. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the highest, 10 being good, where is the SEC coming out right now through all of this discussion, mainly with, with Nick and Jimbo? I mean, I think, look, some people think any 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 publicity, any media, right. any airtime is good, good airtime. So even though, you know, some people may say, oh, they're childish and, you know, they – more talk about how the SEC is cheating and all, and paying people and have, have always been doing that and it's making the SEC look bad. Well, I mean, but everybody's talking about us. That's so true. it's pub, you know, and it's airtime. And 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 now with Dan Patrick having it on today, I mean, he had the reporter on that, broke, that asked the question. Mm-hmm. He had him on the Dan Patrick show this morning and he said, you know, I had to explain the situation all over again on the Dan Patrick show because people in Wyoming had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. And so now it's it, we're going to keep talking about it because it's national news. And the more we talk about it, the more pub the SEC gets and the more people are going to be interested in tuning into that game when Texas A&M plays Alabama. Oh, yeah. And so we're probably sitting pretty pretty. 
I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, and, and I think in the overall college football world, people are going, man, they really love their football. But they're also thinking, okay, somebody's being proactive here. We got a problem. Let's face it. Anybody from the Pac-12 stepped up and said anything about uh, NIO? No. 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 I think that's – Anybody from Nick's, the ACC? No. That's Nick's main – I think that's his focus, isn't it? Well, Kirby has. I mean, I'm sorry, Dabo has. He's, he's, he's been against he's it. against you know, it big time. Yeah. yeah. That, that is true. Uh, the, the whole time. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. Do you think under the Mike Slive tenure as the SEC commissioner this would have happened? Ask Jay. <laughs> Thanks. Man. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blaming Greg Sankey no, for anything. Uh, but, but 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 Commissioner Slive and we were all all close to him. Yeah. We all adored him. This has been a, this has been something that's a long time coming. So he could have stepped in as well, and and could have done some things early on. I mean, this has been building since Ed Bannon. Is that right, Ed Bannon. Uh, yeah, lawsuit. Ed O'Bannon. Ed O'Bannon. And um, since that lawsuit with EA Sports and guys talking about putting together a player association for college. I really think that they they panicked. They realized their deals in TV are about to jump about three times the money, and felt like if the players push this, get a player association. Now they got to do what the NFL does, and what does NFL share? Fifty one percent of TV money goes back to the players. So they were worried about ten percent. They were worried about twenty percent because whether people believe this or not, whether it's TV contracts or all the other stuff, we ran the numbers from Forbes. Counting scholarships, the amount of money the NCAA makes, the amount of money. The schools make players get eight percent of that every year. Eight percent of everything, and I'm not, not not just TV contracts. Everything. So that's where I think they went. Hey, let's give them a bone. Let's give them nil. Let them go out and make their own money. So they tried to say you can do it, but you can't use your university. You can't do this. They didn't realize state legislators could come in and say, yeah, you can. We're the one legislator. You didn't put any governance around it from a national perspective. Now we can govern it from a, from a local perspective. Do you think there are bidding wars going on for players? Coach, uh, coach, coach. They've been yes. going on for a long I think time. bidding <laughs> wars been going on for a long time. But, okay. but, 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 that was going on but, with Jay Burwanger. Co- coach a, Jay Burwanger. <laughs> I covered him. I know. That's the joke. Yeah. Yeah. First time. Do like, you want a leather helmet or a real helmet? <laughs> Either just no face mask. I'm a tough guy. Game might be yeah. safer without face masks. To be honest, I've heard that theory. Yeah, because you don't tackle your, you wouldn't tackle your head. No, yeah. Well, you wouldn't. You break lower. your no, you break your nose once, you'll yeah. not lead with your head. All right, we got uh, Roger Hoover good to go. Next segment. Oh, him an apology. We ran late in that first segment, so normally he's on with us at twelve fifteen. So he's a good guy, and uh, he'll join us. We'll talk SEC tournament this past weekend. Also, some other Alabama Crimson Tide news and notes coming up next. Roger Hoover will join us. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX 
technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Well, it started out. I'm, I'm curious what your reaction was when the initial comments that started the back and forth between Coach Saban is very passionate about the game of college football. I sat on the NCAA football oversight committee for four or five years, and he and I would go talk about different issues that were going on about college football. And I remember one of the first things we ever talked about was uh, kick returns 
and the safety on kick returns. And I just gave him a very quick line, said, hey, I need to get some feedback on this, this point. He called me the next day with detailed thoughts, about five minutes long of, of, of kickoff returns and the safety and well-being of the student-athlete, the, the health of the game. And so where he comes from, and, I, and there would be times with him, I would say to him, hey, what you're saying here may not be the very best thing for Alabama. And he, and, he, and he would often say, but this is right for the game of football. This is right for college sports. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for the things he says and does out there publicly is not only looking at what's right for our program and our university, but he's also looking at it from, and our student athletes, but he's also looking at it right for the game of football going forward. Greg Byrne there at SEC meetings and some uh, interesting comments from him about uh, Coach Saban and some of the discussions they've had about the health of college football, saying this is not uh, this is the best thing for football, not so much the best thing for Alabama, but um, a lot of the talks and a lot of discussions during the SEC meetings that are going on right now. The seating chart is really interesting, and you were bringing up some of that, Brady. Yeah, throw your glasses back on. Yeah, I can't see it without <laughs> the glasses on. Thanks for calling me out there. Because what, 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 you're about to be seen. So... Uh, <laughs> Kind of the the different seating charts. We got to get to Roger Hoover real quick, but some of the ones that are we're talking about Leach and um, Lane yeah, Kiffin, Leach right and together. Kiffin are sitting together. It's alphabetical, so it starts with Alabama, obviously, and and Saban, and it works its way around the table. So you got Lane Kiffin because apparently whoever alphabetized alphabetized it by Ole Miss instead of University of Mississippi. So you got nice. Lane Kiffin sitting by Mike Leach, and then you got. Eli Drinkowitz next to them, and Eli came out and said he got he was really nervous sitting mm-hmm. next to Leach because he felt like he was the kid, the loudmouth kid in the classroom that was going to get him in trouble. <laughs> but can you imagine Kiffin and Leach sitting next to each other in the banner, the smart aleck banner, oh, that's yeah. going back and forth between? It's like, the two hey, of them? Jerry, hey, <laughs> they have a uh, unique, they have a unique bond though they between the do. two yeah. of them. Let's yeah. get to Roger Hoover now, joining us from CTSN Crimson Tide. Sports Network and uh, Roger, my my fault on that. We went uh, late or went went long in that first segment, so we thought we'd move you to this segment. We really appreciate you uh, being patient with us and kind with your time as always. But man, I hope you're doing well. Hope you and your family had a great Memorial weekend. Yeah, we certainly did. And you know, now that uh, my broadcast season is done uh, for Alabama Athletics, I have all the time in the world uh, until things crank back up again in August. But it's great to be with you guys. Hope everyone's doing well. So SEC meetings, what are the highlights for you right now? Well, before that, let's go back to baseball. Um, Just talk about the tournament and also, I mean, kind of disappointed, well, not kind of, really disappointed that Alabama didn't make the tournament. I thought they had a a good enough resume to at least uh, get a chance to be in. Uh, What they had, the the two wins of the tournament, eight losses by one run, uh, a number of other things that could have gotten them in, but uh, not not able to make it. Just the disappointment for the coaching staff, for the players. Yeah, it was a tough end to what started off as a really good week in Hoover for the Crimson Tide, getting that win against Georgia on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, uh, a really strong victory against the Arkansas Razorbacks, who are a team that are in the NCAA tournament field, and you're able to win three of the last four against them if you combine uh, the two games that Alabama won against Arkansas and Tuscaloosa on the last weekend of the regular season. So a lot of momentum uh, going into that matchup uh, with Texas A&M, and Alabama builds up a strong lead in that ball game, and all of a sudden A&M comes back and up an 11-6 victory, and then you have to turn around 
play again on Saturday morning. And uh, what was back and forth early on between Florida and Alabama, eventually the Gators pull away. And it was just another one of those unfortunate stretches where Alabama couldn't string a rally together after they had scored six runs in the first three innings, blanked for the rest of the ball game by Florida's really strong pitching that we saw propel the Gators into the championship game before they ultimately lost to Tennessee. So it was a mixed bag of emotions uh, coming from Hoover. You still felt like the two wins against Georgia and Arkansas would give the Crimson Tide some momentum going into the NCAA tournament selection show. But then we saw around the country there were a lot of bid stealers uh, taking some automatic bids in the mid-major leagues, and that kept teams like Alabama plus Kentucky, who also had a really good run to the semifinals, gave Tennessee a tough ball game late Saturday night until Tennessee pulled away late. Uh, but both of those schools uh, kind of on the outside looking in, and then uh, really talented teams in the ACC as well that made it to the College World Series last year. NC State was also another major program that was in the top 30 in RPI, also on the outside looking in. So it was a tough year to be a bubble team if you're a Power 5 school, and unfortunately Alabama was on that end this year. Roger, can you give us the 30,000-foot perspective on the state of Alabama baseball and what the prospects are for 2023? I think the biggest thing is this is a coaching staff that is really good at developing players. I think we've seen that as the seasons have gone along. Uh, You look at two players that are really key for the Crimson Tide, Andrew Pinkney and Caden Rose, uh, really non-factors. 2020 and at times last year they were kind of interchangeable Caden Rose ended up playing more because they were really good defensive outfielders but outside of that hadn't seen much of the plate now this season those two guys were on fire Caden Rose is Alabama's best hitter over the last few weeks season and Andrew Pinkney has played his way into being potentially a top two or three round pick in this summer's Major League Baseball draft. And that's all because of the development that he's had uh, in his time in Tuscaloosa, again, going from somebody that didn't even see the field in 2020 to now being a really, really solid player for this group. So I think uh, this coaching staff remains uh, committed to the process of building uh, a strong baseball program in Tuscaloosa. They're recruiting really well. Uh, They're going to have to, of course, weather the draft, weather the transfer portal, and make sure they're bringing some talented pieces in like they did this year when they brought in Dominic Temez, sight unseen. Weren't able to see him on the road at all last year with COVID restrictions, but he comes in and filled a very necessary slot of being Alabama's everyday catcher. So it's going to take some creative work once again on the recruiting trail, working in the transfer portal. But, again, we've seen players really develop well in this system. And now for the Crimson Tide, it's all about turning that next corner, not only getting back to a regional, but hopefully hosting one in Tuscaloosa. Roger Hoover from the Crimson Tide Sports Network is our guest, <clears throat> pardon me, on the Jay Barker Show. All right, we're going to move to Destin. Um, as far as the SEC, Commissioner Sankey, coaches, ADs, and all that, we're going to hear much more. Uh, from these coaches about what happened between Saban and, and uh, Jimbo Fisher? I think we'll get the answer to that, Matt, coming up at one thirty. That's when Jimbo Fisher is scheduled to speak <laughs> yeah, to the media. So I think we're going to learn a lot more then uh, because it's kind of hard to walk back some of the comments he made a few weeks ago. I, I think Coach Saban has kind of maintained a consistent uh, language that we've heard from him ever since uh, all this happened a few weeks ago. He went on a national radio show the day after and you know basically said what he said yesterday when he talked to the media that uh, he shouldn't have singled any program out or anything like that uh, when he had his comments at the World Games banquet. But, yeah, we'll see what uh, Jimbo Fisher has to say. And uh, it kind of brings me back to my childhood growing up uh, hearing Steve Spurrier make fun of uh, Tennessee, you know, with some of the lines he used to have. So I, I think sometimes it could be a little interesting to have a little more spice in the uh, college football but uh we'll see i I doubt much gets said today i think uh the commissioner has made it pretty clear that he wants 
uh, all of this kind of talk to subside and get back to the business of, at hand. And there is a lot of business discussed in the SEC meetings trying to determine what scheduling looks like once Texas and Oklahoma join the league, uh, name, image, and likeness, transfer portal. There are so many other issues that are out there for the SEC to worry about. That seems to be the consistent message coming from Commissioner Sankey. Minutes after the uh, door of the hotel conference room swung open, Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin stepped to the lectern, described what happened inside, and he, quote, said, I guess the best way to describe it is our group is more professional in the room than they are when they're on camera by themselves. Uh, he said it's like where people might say things on text where they wouldn't in person. So uh, pretty good stuff there from uh, Lane Kiffin. When you look at uh, some of the rule changes, things, and we talked about the 25 scholarship limits now that, that have been removed, uh, when it comes to a recruiting cycle, they just worried about the 85. A lot of that because of the portal and other issues that are going on. We'll talk more about that with Andrew Bone coming up. But um, what, what cha- other changes do you think we'll see come out of these meetings? Hopefully there is some direction on what the scheduling may look like and if we are going to truly eliminate uh, divisions in the SEC, but east and west going away i think that's what i'm most interested in what's the scheduling model look like and for me i would love to get to a nine game sec schedule uh we have three permanent opponents and rotate the other six in uh because i want you know alabama to play all these other teams from across the league i don't want it to be a decade between trips to athens or vice versa uh georgia coming to tuscaloosa or gainesville for that matter so i think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of scheduling model they come up with you know, if you pick three permanent opponents, uh, who's going to be upset? There are going to be some schools that really like their draw, uh, especially if they get, you know, Vanderbilt or Missouri every year. But there are going to be some schools that really don't like their draw. They're, say they're playing Alabama and Georgia every year. So I, I think that's going to be the most fascinating thing to come out of this is what does the schedule look like and are we still going to have divisions and what will an SEC championship game look like? Could we see Alabama versus Auburn in an SEC championship game? Uh, it's things like that I'm really most interested in. Roger, yesterday was uh, Joe Namath's 79th birthday, and you posted a really cool picture of you and Joe on your Twitter page. Uh, what's your interaction been like with uh, with Broadway Joe, and, and do you have a favorite story, memory, or things you've read? Uh, what, what sticks out to you about him? Well, just uh, he's an outstanding ambassador for Alabama, and the fact that he still loves this program and still really stays connected to everything that's going on, even in the Saban era, as he's you know, many years uh, removed from his playing days in the early 60s with the Crimson Tide. And, yeah, that picture uh, was taken inside the radio booth at Bryant City Stadium, I believe it was the 2019 Arkansas-Alabama game. And, actually, I got up from my spot. I was filling in for Chris Stewart as the host of the broadcast while he was ill that season. And I got up from my spot so Joe could uh, use the headset that I had uh, for the ball game and he visited with Eli Gold, John Parker Wilson. Uh, it's something he likes to do about once a year, but he'll also even drop by even games. He doesn't want to come on the broadcast just say hello and he could not have been nicer i told him that uh, my future father-in-law when you know he was his favorite player and he said oh well tell tom i said hello you know just as personal as could be uh and it was really cool to meet him and i, I grew up just such a big fan of sports history and so when I learned about the guarantee before Super Bowl three and that iconic image of him just kind of lounging with all that media surrounding him down in Miami, feeling confident before they shocked the world and beat the Baltimore Colts, uh, you can't get any cooler than uh, Broadway Joe. So uh, very great to meet him, and he's a very valued member of the Alabama football family. Roger, as always, thanks for your time, my man. Great stuff, and uh, we we'll look forward to next week. Thanks, Roger. Sounds good, guys. Thank you all. See ya. Thank you all. all right, thank you, Roger Hoover, CTSN, joining us here on the Jay Barker Show. We'll be back live from ABX Studios, and we'll wrap up hour number one.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide. It's the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partly to mostly sunny, Tuscaloosa's I-92. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. Scattered showers and thunderstorms developing by afternoon, the high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Again, as we uh, wrap up hour number one, again, Andrew Bones going to join us at one fifteen. We'll talk recruiting with him. But uh, SEC Media Days continue. Uh, any other large news things coming out of there that have surprised you or um, caught your eye? Do you think we'll have any more fireworks? Yeah, I, it, it, everybody, all all eyes of college football are on Destin right now, and at one thirty when. Uh, when Jimbo takes the mic and and what will he do when he's up on the dais there? We'll try to hear um, that live for you. Yeah, and, and uh, it, you you would think there would be a little bit of humility, and they'll, I, you'll probably get that started. But then there will be some Alabama reporters in the room. I mean, I, I know there's several from AL.com, probably several from Bama Central, uh, and hey, they're gonna they're gonna try to get to the bottom of it. And the first thing I would ask him was. It would be, and I, I mentioned this yesterday, you uh, sort of indirectly accused Nick Saban of cheating. What evidence do you have? And if you're not willing to share that, will you retract that statement? Mm-hmm. Because that, to me, was the most damning thing he said. I mean, all the other stuff was petty and personal, but when he, when, when one college football coach at a prominent program accuses another college football coach of cheating... That takes it to a whole nother level, Matt. Well, I think what he's going to do, and if he's smart, he will do this. He will come out with an opening statement that may not apologize totally, but in an effort to put it all behind him. And then at the tail end of that opening statement, he's going to say, I am not going to take any questions concerning that topic. Good luck. Um, And he'll (laughs) get bombarded with them, but he has set his golden parachute. No, I told you I'm not going to talk about that. And he'll, he'll probably say that about as many times as he said despicable. But and then if he'll, I then he'll were say, him, he'll say, that's say, what hey, I'd it's, do. it's your job to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Well, he'll, he'll go on the attack. We, we, we talked about this yesterday, Matt, uh, off air, that uh, it, it's, a, it's a debate tactic. Like when somebody accuses you of something, yeah. you accuse them. Right? It's rhetoric. It, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's a projection. It, it, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, man, it's that's a, a political football that's been thrown around for, what, a thousand years? Yeah. Maybe more. Um, I think he is going to try and, and uh, you know, be as soft about it as, as he can be. But you're right. There will be members of the media, not just from Texas. So I, that's why what I would do, what I would suggest Jimbo does, 
what I think Commissioner Sankey has suggested. Keep it low, down home, cause don't open this up again. I know, and I know Pat Forty is there, and, and Pat is probably the most respected college football writer in the country right now. I and, thought you were. Well, I, I'm I'm not in the daily grind anymore. Not interested. I've got little kids, but. Uh, I think Pat will be on top of it, and I think the Alabama reporters, John Talty is there from Ale.com, Mike Rodak. We have really good sports reporters in this town, really good. We should be, and and Joseph Goodman, who's a terrific columnist, came out with a really good book that I know a lot of Alabama fans didn't like. But, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty fascinating. Great theater. Good radio. Uh, Yeah, Saban uh, continues, uh, or is that Saban? Spring meetings continue. Saban and uh, the um, Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart had a couple comments about it. Other coaches saying, hey, just kind of keep our mouths shut. And I think Sankey has told them to do that as well. But um, 130 will be interesting. See what he has to say. You stay tuned for that. 115, Andrew Bone joins us. He is our recruiting analyst and expert. So look forward to that. Uh, he'll join us again at 115 coming up in hour number two. All right, we'll be back live from ABX. Brittany Wagner in studio. We're talking Last Chance You with her in a little bit. We'll talk with the book, where you can find it. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, get all of our guys, Josh, Joe, and also Jonathan producing. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids go into that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. It's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. 
888-382-6269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for a high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. 
Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Everybody's looking for solutions. I think every conference is looking for a solution. Uh, I would assume that the NCAA continues to look for solutions. Um, And again, I think the solution is how do we still have equitable national competition, you know, which has always been the goal. And um, I also think that, you know, we all want to continue to benefit the player. Um, I'm certainly not opposed to you know, benefiting the player every way we can. Um, but I also, in, the, in a model where the player can continue to stay focused on what they need to do to create value for their future, if that makes sense. You know, like you're going to college to prepare yourself for the day you can't play football, right, to see if you can develop a career as a football player and play at the next level. So there's a certain amount of focus that needs to, you know, stay in place for you to be the best version of yourself in doing that. So I think every conference, uh, conference commissioners, uh, university presidents, uh, I think, um, you know, everybody's trying to come up with the best possible solution. And I think there's a lot of good people there that have a lot of good ideas and hopefully we'll be able to um, get something done. But I also think that, you know, there may be um, some reason for, you know, the federal government to create some standard. I mean, if you start looking, as soon as you start playing people, and as soon as you don't have contracts, um, then look at the NFL model. You know, but they 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 have contracts, they have free agency, um, they have a players association. The players association monitors the agents, uh, so players are protected. Um, so. You know, a lot of these things just don't exist and never really needed to exist in college football. But as soon as you start paying people or people start earning money, uh, then you got to start thinking about how, how, do, how do we need to control those things in a way that creates uniform balance for everybody. Welcome back in. And again, uh, Nick Saban, some of his comments uh, this week at SEC Media Days and uh, the meetings going on, Media Days, meetings that are going on down in Destin. We got uh, Kirby Smart will be up, uh, I'm sorry, actually, um, um, Jimbo Fisher Jimbo will be Fisher. up yeah. at one thirty. We'll get him on at one fifteen. Andrew Bone. And uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about a situation, you know, like with Bryce Young coming in, we've talked about the amount of money. They could possibly make this year about one point three to one point six was what the estimate was last year that he made. It could get over three million this year, maybe more. He's he's done the Heisman House, I think, commercial with Nissan. You saw all the pictures he was taking with all the former Heisman guys. I think there was something to do with that during that. We we talked about this month of kind of between uh, the last uh, um, getting through with uh, the semester exams, getting through May before they start really getting back into it in June. There was about a three or four week period that you could do a lot of things commercials. Other stuff, we'll see how that paid off for him. And um, I'm not sure if Ukulele is going to get the uh, Dr. Pepper endorsement again or not. (laughs) 
based on what happened, I don't think they're, he's, they're he's headed to the transfer portal. Yeah, I think their ROI did not look uh, look very well. But Heisman Trophy, three players that are kind of up there right now. That everybody's talking about C.J. Stroud. I would put him as the leader. Caleb Williams at USC, maybe, maybe, yeah, and then Bryce Young. I put Bryce Young too. Yeah. So Archie Griffith, the only other player that's ever won back to back Heisman trophies. I think it was seventy four, seventy five. Yeah. Could could Bryce Young be that next guy to make that happen? Yes, but it depends on the wide receivers. Yeah. Do you think he would have won it last year without Jamison Williams? No, I don't either. No. Uh, and uh, it, it just depends on the development of the young wideouts. Like right now, Jay, who do you think would be the two uh, starting wide receivers at Alabama? Well, Jermaine Burton definitely won. I think that's going to be a lot of chemistry for them as far as getting, um, you know, feeling better about uh, kind, of, kind of that relationship. And I say relationship on the field, not off the field, but off the field too. Um, it, it comes through reps. Uh, it comes through, you know, spending time together. Um, I think JoJo Earl is going to be a big one. He can kind of be the um, slot, the, well, the slot guy, and be the uh, oh my gosh, Dolphins wide receiver that just left. Um, oh my gosh, Waddle Hill, Waddle. Thank you, yeah. Waddle. Kind of that kind of a player that you can bring him across, do things with him, get get the ball to him quick out of the out of the uh, backfield on swing passes, but uh, really create uh, some. And he's a fast runner too, so he's just got a lot of playmaking skills. Those may be his two kind of go to guys right now, and and then others. I mean, there, there are a lot of young players. There's three or four coming in in this recruiting class that are really really good. And oddly, I think because Alabama's defense is going to be so good, mm-hmm. led by Will Anderson, who I think... the Louisville kid, too, coming in. It, yeah, yeah uh, led by Will Anderson, who I think will probably be the top pick in the NFL draft, uh, and Bryce maybe two uh, in 2023. But because the defense is going to be so good, and I really... Guys, this is like 2011 good. I mean, it, it, it's right up there with the best that Saban's had in his tenure at Alabama, at least on paper right now. But because the defense is so talented, the offense can be more conservative. And so maybe there's, you know, it's it's going to be classic. Like, this, that's how Nick Saban like. That's how Nick Saban wants to play anyway, mm-hmm. is, is sort of just pound the ball, pound the ball, bleed the clock, you know, get out to an early lead. And, uh, and Take then, explosive uh, shots down the field, you know, yeah. And then just, just sit on the ball. And just bury them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Your, your thoughts, Matt. I don't know. I want to say, good grief, why wouldn't he win it again? You know? It it was kind of close last year, but I think we all thought Bryce Young was going to win it, didn't you? Yeah. Um, And I think if they have the kind of season everybody's expecting, he'll win again. But then I have that large gut feel. Something tells me it's just not going to happen. Well, there's a, reason, it may it's, there's be. a reason it's only happened once in history. Yeah. Well, uh, Also, there's going to be a bias against him. And, and I think his biggest threat... Is the yeah. kid from Ohio State. CJ Because he is so good. He is if good. he has a phenomenal 4,000 yard, uh, I don't know, 45 plus touchdown yeah, he, year, mm-hmm. he could, maybe he could. Uh, I think he'll put up bigger numbers than Bryce. I, and, 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 I, I, and I think Heisman Trophy voters are going to go, well, he won it last year. Exactly. Why not go with this guy? Yeah. I think that's how, I, th- I think this generation is different than the other generation went, nope, he was the best again. Give it to him. Now everybody's like, well, I mean, look, got to give it to somebody else. It's the mentality of, you know, everybody needs to get a chance, right, type deal, where instead of just picking the best player. But C.J. Stroud is a great player. This time last year, though, who who were the three of us <laughs> thinking that was going to win the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, it's Spencer Rattler. Yeah, yeah, we all yeah. were saying yeah. Spencer Rattler. No, I was I, yeah, uh, I did. I, I was all no. over Spencer yeah. Rattler. Yeah. Lars and I were. I don't believe you were. Who, who, did you, who, did, who did you? Were you saying Bryce Young? No, but I didn't. I, I, I'd 
I didn't get a good feel about Rattler when I watched his high school um, documentary. Yeah, and I told you that. I said I feel yeah, like this right. guy's not a great his leader. Teammates that didn't really didn't really click, and it seemed like it was more about him than it was about anybody else. If anybody can turn we, that kid around, it's Shane Beamer. No, I, it, it's going to be great. Shane's and I, I'm, great guy. Yeah. yeah. So, so Brittany, we talked about move-in day. Today is move-in day, not moving day. For Mississippi, you said it earlier. I was like, where are they going? Are they moving out of the SEC? But um, today's move-in move day. day for summer school. Yeah, and and Alabama's watching theirs. I think Josh was just playing some of the video. It's amazing how different. I mean, like they have like buses and things that they people helping them. I mean, we we were coming in. I'll never forget my Carrying mom. Suitcases. Yeah, my mom ironed her and a friend and my aunt all like bald crying and like just. Ironed all my clothes, packed. When I got to, even from a 45 minute drive, they were all wrinkled. I'm Iron like, why are your clothes? Yes. Really? Here's why. Because Yay. they were, they were just, I think that was therapy for them at that time. Oh, yeah. And love, yeah. you know, therapy and love. I'm going to take it at that. Um, but I was back home the next weekend doing laundry again. I was like, I'm only 45, 50 minutes away. It's not that far. But talk about that from your, you've worked with athletes coming into new environments, um, and, and coming into college for the first time. How tough is that for them a lot of times? And, how did you work with them as a counselor and as somebody that could really be a support system for them, leaving their homes, leaving their families for the first time and moving into somewhere different with a different roommate, different setting, and now all the challenges that come along with the academics and the football? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think I think we did a really good job at East Mississippi for a junior college on move-in day. We had, like, a whole process. Um, and, you know, they come in and you can see them. It's it's nerve wracking because mm-hmm. it's not only nerve wracking that you're in a new environment and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're moving into this new room that you're going to live in. But you're scoping out your competition like you're coming in to play high level football and you're 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 walking. I mean, they would walk in our check in process and nobody was paying attention to what we were saying. They were all look, scoping each, each other, other out, out. Yeah. like trying to figure out uh, what are my chances here, you know. Um, it's interesting though, too, on a team like that, because you have some guys whose moms and dads, the U-Haul comes in and they bring them and they iron their clothes. Help them out. Maybe yeah. one person. I've never seen that, that Don't before. make fun of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an awesome mom. But then you have those guys that like literally get off a Greyhound bus with a backpack and they have that's no right. sheets, no comforters, no towels, no pencil, like, and they're showing up in this new environment mm. and it, with all of this pressure and they literally have no support and like nothing. Yeah. And, and it's sad. I mean, yeah. you know, it's sad to see, and they're still standing there though, really excited about an opportunity. It's their chance. Yeah. I went like 10 hours away for college from my home and I was so homesick for the first two weeks and then it magically just went away. But do you see that? What was with, their name? it was a bar (laughs) andrea johnson uh but uh he remembers yes of course course. um (laughs) now you you just threw me off my game yeah no no do you do you uh is that uh as prevalent among athletes as it is uh, the general student population absolutely i don't think they talk about it you know they're not going to talk about it in public because they've got that tough guy thing they're trying to preserve but they would come in my office and talk about it. i mean some guys would break down in tears you know saying like how much they miss their mom or if you know if something starts to happen at home and and a lot of these guys some of them they've been the caretaker for their family yeah you know they've been the guy that's been providing and helping with the siblings or working the jobs to help pay the bills and now they're away and if something happens at home i mean they lose their focus like they it, they lose it and so there would be a lot of times where my door would close and 
they would have complete breakdowns on just mm. the fact that they were that far away from home. All right, uh, good stuff there. We'll continue uh, on the other side. We got Andrew Bone. We'll talk recruiting with him, our recruiting analyst on this Wednesday edition. Stay with us. Hour number two continues. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partly to mostly sunny, Tuscaloosa's high 92. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, scattered showers and thunderstorms developing by afternoon, the high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hi, welcome back in. And Andrew Bone joining us. He is our recruiting analyst at Andrew. The letter J Bone is his Twitter account, and uh, he's part of Rivals Bama Insider. And uh, always great to have him on and uh, to talk about recruiting for the Crimson Tide. He is our recruiting expert, and uh, a lot continues to happen. I know a lot, not a lot of commitments right now for Alabama, but the camps get started and. Andrew, first of all, welcome in. But uh, talk about where we're at right now as far as recruiting and kind of what this time of year represents for you guys to go out and watch some of the camps and see these guys performing and and how these guys might have a chance to uh, really get a chance to, uh, I guess, see the, uh, the the facilities to go into camps and the coaches to really get a chance to see their personalities and the competitiveness of these players. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really appreciate you all having me on the show again. And, you know, we're uh... – yeah, certainly excited about the uh, the start of summer camp. I mean, this is kind of what you know everybody's been waiting on. You know, camp season to begin, official visit season to begin. We're going to see a lot of official visitors uh, throughout the month of June in Tuscaloosa, but you're also going to have a chance to see a lot of kids uh, compete and work out. I mean, obviously, this year's a little different than last year. Last year, uh, every kid that came to campus. They were getting evaluated really for the first time as far as an in-person evaluation because of the COVID year. You didn't get a chance to go out and evaluate kids and see kids in person. And, and finally, you got a chance to see these kids in summer camp. You know, we saw offers that were getting extended to players that nobody even knew about. You know, guys like Kobe Prentice and, and Amari Neblack who earned their offers from Alabama during camp last summer. This year, a little bit different because – Alabama has been out on the road. They have gone to games last fall. They had kids in town for junior days. They went out for spring evaluations. They've had kids on campus during the spring. So they pretty much know who their premier targets are in this recruiting class, in this 2023 class. So you're, you're trying to get these kids on campus um, as far as getting them in town for official visits. But there's also going to be a lot of guys that are going to be in town that are going to be working out in camp, that are going to be uh, you know, trying to earn that offer, or maybe a guy who has an offer, and it might be committable right now, he may come to camp and not have a committable offer after camp. Uh, so it's kind of a, uh, a tricky situation for some of those guys, but it also gives Alabama an opportunity to really push them because if you go out to an Alabama football camp, they're putting these guys through the gauntlet. They're trying to figure out who has what it takes play at the University of Alabama who can uh, you know withstand and continue to push through and uh, and have great performances out there so that's what these camps 
are all about. And it started today, June 1st, first day of camp. Alabama's going to have eight camps this month alone. So it's going to be a pretty busy month. You're going to have you know, a few kids here and there. You're going to, you know, the weekends are going to be a little bit more packed because you're going to have official visits. You're going to have big camps uh, over the weekends. But, so during the week, when you have these camps on Monday or Wednesday or, or Friday, not going to be as many top guys that are going to be coming in, but we're going to see guys kind of throughout the month in Tuscaloosa. And a lot of it's evaluating underclassmen, the 2024s, the 2025s. We're going to see some guys in the 2026 and probably even 2027 recruiting classes that are probably going to get offered uh, by Alabama over the course of the next uh, over the course of the next month. So going to be pretty busy, but uh, but you know I think that at the end of the month we're going to see some more commitments on board for Alabama. And really, once you kind of get through the month of June, you really kind of understand where your recruiting board is. Uh, obviously, quarterback you have Eli Holstein already on board. Are you going to be able to find one more quarterback in this class. Obviously, Eli uh, Holstein is the guy, but Will Arch Manning or potentially Dylan Lonergan still have a lot of interest in Alabama. Both those guys are coming in for official visits over the course of the next two weekends, or do they potentially find another quarterback who doesn't mind being a second quarterback in a recruiting class uh, who comes out and, uh, and really performs well in Alabama's camp? We saw that back in 2000. Uh, the summer of 2016, after Tua had committed, we saw this Kentucky commitment come into town, work out, earn an offer from Alabama, and then commit to the Crimson Tide a few weeks later, and that was Mac Jones. So will we potentially see somebody like that come through uh, camp this summer? I think it's very possible. But, um, but we're going to see a lot of official visitors. It starts this weekend with one of the biggest names in the country, Brandon Ennis, five-star wide receiver out of American Heritage High School down in uh, Plantation, Florida. Uh, we've seen some top guys come from uh, from American Heritage to Alabama, including uh, Pat Sertan, uh, second, and uh, and now Alabama freshman Earl Little Jr. So we know Earl's going to be trying to recruit him to uh, to Alabama this weekend. You also have Malik Bryant, the number one outside linebacker in the country out of Orlando, going to be in town this weekend just on an unofficial visit. He's going to be taking his official visit during the season, but is going to announce a commitment this summer uh, in July. So he's got a commitment on July the 23rd, going to take some other visits this month and then make that decision. you got a couple tight ends that are going to be in Tuscaloosa uh, over the weekend for official visits. Riley Williams out of Oregon, a six foot seven, 225-pound athlete, and also um, Luke Haas, who is currently committed to Arkansas. Interesting part about his commitment to Arkansas is there are two other tight ends in Arkansas's recruiting class right now. So there's three tight ends. This is a guy who has expressed a lot of interest in Alabama throughout the last year. He camped in Tuscaloosa last summer when he earned his offer from Nick Saban. So will he potentially have uh, you know, some feelings about potentially flipping to Alabama you know, after, uh, after his visit? We'll see. Now, this is a guy who does have some connections at Arkansas, including two siblings who are currently students in Fayetteville. So it might be a little bit uh, trickier there. So we'll see kind of how that all unfolds. And then another wide receiver who's going to be in town for the second time is Cole Adams out of Owasa, Oklahoma. He's very high on Alabama. Would not be surprised if we saw him in Alabama's recruiting class uh, when all is said and done. But those are some of the top official visitors that are going to be on campus this weekend. Most of them, now we won't see most of those guys participate in camp. Most of those the official visitors are, are uh, you know, getting that red carpet treatment, going around, checking out the facilities, 
meeting with academic advisors, uh, you know, getting fed nonstop and spending a lot of time uh, around the current players on the team. So most of those guys we won't be seeing work out, but uh, Alabama will have a camp on Saturday. We'll bring a lot of underclassmen in town, uh, as well as some 2023 guys who are going to be out there trying to compete and earn an offer from Alabama. We're talking with Andrew Bro- Andrew Bone, our uh, recruiting expert, and uh, who uh, writes for BamaInsider.com and has a really awesome book called The Road to Bama, uh, the forward written by one Jay Barker. Andrew, your uh, encyclopedic knowledge of all things recruiting continues to uh, amaze. I, I, it, it just blows my mind every time we talk to you. But um, how important are these summer camps and I know Nick Saban loves to uh, lay eyes on a kid physically before he makes an offer. And so how how important are the camps? And two, how rare is it for Coach Saban to make an offer without seeing a kid at a camp? You know, it's rare. You know, Coach Saban really wants to see these guys in person. Um, you know, I, I think – uh, it happens every single year. It doesn't really matter, you know, what your ranking is on any of the uh, you know, recruiting websites. They still want to see guys in person. They want to see guys work out. You know, I'll, I'll take it back several years. I, I think it was 2013. Could be off by a year, but yeah, I remember. You know, Alabama had heavily recruited one of the best safeties in the country, who was a five-star recruit. They had recruited him, um, and this kind of goes off a little bit from summer camp. But you know, they offered a guy named Eddie Jackson after his senior season, mm-hmm. after recruiting um, another safety for about uh, over a year, they decided to go with Eddie Jackson first uh, over him after evaluating him and seeing his senior season. Well, that's kind of how summer camp is. You might see you guys throughout the year that you like that may have come to junior day or may have come to your spring game, and, and everybody, you know, every Alabama fan, you know, wants that kid on your on their team they're hoping that that kid commits to your program then that kid comes to camp and then there's another kid there who nobody's talked about all of a sudden that kid gets the offer and moves up the recruiting board so it's all about evaluation making sure you're making the right decision as far as uh you know guys who can help benefit your program here in the future guys that you feel like can come in you're not looking for a guy i said this actually earlier on gary harris's show i said you're not looking for a guy who wants to, who's going to be a backup or, or somebody who's going to be sitting the bench. You're looking for players uh, who are significant impact players at the next level. Now, they may not all be significant impact players, as we've seen. We see guys that transfer. We see guys that never play a down in Tuscaloosa that you know may have ranked high, but you're also you know you're still going after those elite guys, and it's not based on their rankings on Rivals.com. It's based on their rankings their personal rankings after evaluating them. So it's very rare for Alabama to take a commitment from somebody that they haven't seen work out in person. So the coaches have been out on the road throughout the entire spring evaluating kids, you know, position coaches, uh, you know, coordinators. They've been able to go out. Nick Saban hasn't been. The coaches have been telling these guys, come to camp. Coach Saban wants to see you work out. You're a top priority for us, but Coach Saban still wants to see you work out. You might be a cornerback in high school right now, and that might, might be where you want to play in college, you come work out at Alabama, Nick Saban decides, yeah, that guy's a safety. He's not a cornerback. And, you know, a lot of hard truths get told during the summer, um, especially when you're sitting down in these coaches' offices and, uh, you know, finding out if you're a top contender, you know, excuse me, a, a top-tier target for them. I remember last summer 
there was a five-star wide receiver in Tuscaloosa, camped out at Alabama, didn't really receive much interest from Alabama after that. And I remember talking to him. He said, yeah, I didn't even get a chance to talk to Coach Saban. Well, Coach Saban's going to make a point to talk to you if you come to camp, have a great performance, and remain a uh, and you're going to remain a top target for them. So I think anybody who has a sit-down conversation with Nick Saban after camp this week or, uh, or in the upcoming weeks, uh, it pretty much indicates that they're a top target for them moving forward. Hey, um, really quick question in the interest of time. Uh, Dylan Lonergran is suddenly being talked about as a, another quarterback in the room at Alabama. Um, is he, I mean, he's ranked in the top 10. Is he that good? And what are the chances of him being at Alabama? Well, he's a guy that Alabama has expressed a lot of interest in. He received an offer last spring, right before he attended camp, left Alabama's camp, and Alabama has continued to recruit him up until this point. Now, would they have taken his commitment prior to Eli Holstein or prior to Arch Manning potentially making a decision? Probably not. They wanted to get one of those guys on board first. But Dylan is coming in for an official visit this weekend. We'll kind of see how things go. But with others, with him being a top-tier quarterback, with other programs making it, you know, wanting him as their lone quarterback in the class, I think it's going to be a little bit challenging for Alabama to get him uh, on board. But we'll see how this weekend goes with his official visit. Man, always great stuff, my man. And uh, thank you for keeping us up to date on all things Alabama recruiting. And we'll continue to watch it this time of year, the camps, when they really come in and able to impress these guys and uh, see what happens. Andrew Bone, thank you, my man. It's at Andrew J. Bone, the letter J. That's at Andrew, the letter J. Bone. is his Twitter account. You follow all things Crimson Tide when it comes to recruiting. Andrew, thank you, my man. Thanks, guys. See you. All right. Andrew Bone joining us here on the J. Barker Show. We'll wrap up and uh, continue to wrap up hour number two here at the bottom of the hour. So stay with us here on this Wednesday edition. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic 
Chiropractic and Wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Let her owe. This is a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Two young lovers with nothing better to do. Let's sit around the house, get I watching too. We had any just like we would on normal conversations within the issues that we had. We all had a lot of dialogue. Probably since I mean, I've been here, but I've been also been in the ACC meetings for all those years when I was a head coach. One of the best dialogues as far as a group of coaches. With, with everyone speaking and having opinions that I've been around, one of the best ones we had because everybody knows the pressing issues. But we had dialogue. If we had an opinion, we had an opinion. I mean, you know, we all discussed things very professionally in the right way. Did you clear the air, though, with him? Did you speak to him directly about what you accused him of? We spoke very in the beginning, and he's been, what he accused us of. You know, both things. We said, it, it's over with. We're done talking about it and what happens, and we're moving on to the future, what goes on, and try to fix the problems of what we have in college football. We're in a lot more pressing needs than our arguments. So you said that directly. We're, we're, we're done. This is over. We're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on to do what we got. I have no problem. Jimbo, with the, that says with two weeks have gone by, do you uh, uh, look back? Do you regret anything you said? No, I mean, things are said. What he says, what we say. I mean, it moves on. We're, we're moving on to the next thing. Jimbo, you seem to imply.
Well, I think he's moving on. Wouldn't you say? Or he's taking the money and running. <laughs> I think he's moving on from uh, the situation, and uh, we'll see whether or not they can repair the uh, relationship between Jimbo Fisher and uh, also uh, Nick Saban. Yeah, so J- Jimbo's meeting with the media right now as we speak, and uh, again, he's being pressed repeatedly about Nick Saban, and he just keeps saying repeatedly, I'm moving on, I'm moving on, I'm moving on. And it reminds me of the Bill Belichick press conference from a few years ago is we're moving on to Cincinnati, we're moving on to Cincinnati. Uh, But uh, at one point, Jimbo did say, and this is the quote, do you argue with your brother, question mark? Do you love your brother, question mark? So now he goes from saying that Nick Saban wasn't hit enough as a kid to uh, (laughs) a narcissist and despicable human being uh, to implying that he loves him. It's very sweet. Do you think they've had conversations? Like no, no. Then um... we need Brittany to get right in the middle of the conversation. Yes. Oh, become yes. the counselor. How, how, yes, if you were the counselor in the room, all right, and you had Nick you on one couch do? and you had Jimbo on the other couch, I would put boxing gloves on both of them and tell them to go outside and figure it out. <laughs> I think I'd I'd like Jimbo's chances there. And then oh, yeah. be quiet, and then There's it's over. No <laughs> Jimbo's he, he's. Strong as he's nasty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess you, you need to talk it through. Like talk it through. And here's the other thing: don't like don't younger. play your your drama out for the world to see. Like it's like a couple fighting in public. Like fight and then work it out. But don't it's like play Johnny it out Depp for and everybody Amber. else to see. Mm-hmm. It's like Johnny Depp yes, and Amber, which apparently their a verdict has been rendered, but I can't find the verdict anywhere. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's been issued yet. It's like, just said, but I don't. Oh, know. I can't find okay, it. Wait, Never mind. This is good. This might not be true. It's all we talk about <laughs> off air. By the way, is Johnny Depp and Amber in the trial? And apparently, he salacious. also went out partying last night in London. He was spotted partying in London, according to Twitter. Wow! So he's yeah, letting it all them. out now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, we digress. <laughs> yeah, sorry, big digression. What, one of the issues. Or not? It's one of the uh, topics that came up that we have not really talked about is is uh, what I guess it was June thirtieth. They announced that Texas Oklahoma will not join the conference till twenty twenty five of July first, twenty twenty five. That's a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot quicker. I thought they'd be in by twenty twenty four at the latest. Twenty twenty three. There was talk of that that they might get it done within a year. I think it's just all with its TV contracts, um, Longhorn Network. What's gonna, is that going to go away? I mean, it's going to have to, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was. I can't imagine. I mean, they can do some spinoffs like Bam Insider and other yeah. things like that that other guys. They'd have to be in the fold of the SEC network, right? Yeah, I don't know the details of that though, but um, yeah, I mean, it, we're still you know, three years away. Yeah, or two years. Away. And years and, away. and a big issue is: do you now go to eight? Or go go to nine conference games or keep it at eight? Uh, do you create these pods? that have been discussed uh do you keep the natural rivalries you know does does alabama have to play you know uh tennessee every yes, year they do alabama yes. has to play auburn every year yes, they do um, can, can y'all not play mississippi state please yeah. we're done we're done <laughs> yeah, with you we don't have to have yet <laughs> we would like but to win you gotta have, you gotta have tennessee you gotta have auburn the, that's the two for alabama right now george is becoming another one that's becoming a big rival. I think that would be, you know, something you could look at from the eastern side of it. But Tennessee is so much rich history, and I, I know it's a new generation. I know that George is more for the younger group and the younger crowd is the bigger SEC East. But Greg Sandlight, he's talking about you know doing all the divisions, 
and saying, look, we don't need to make it to where it's 10 years later that a kid gets, or a team goes and travels to Missouri. or to these, We need to make it to where, at least within their college experience, they get a chance to play in a stadium inside the SEC once, at the least. Um, so we'll see how that kind of all works out. But, uh, man, and, you know, look, I mean, you, those rivalries are, to me, like, you got to protect some of them. And I know in-state rivalries definitely. I mean, if you're going to protect one, it's Auburn. You know, Tennessee is the next one. For older fans, Tennessee's bigger than Auburn. Then you know, from this, you know, really, oh yeah, from the fifties all the way through the eighties. I mean, really, Tennessee was a bigger rivalry than Auburn was to a lot of the Alabama fans at that time. They they, just, they saw Auburn as little brothers, so they they thought we win this one. Uh, Tennessee's the one we're, that we're going to fight against, and we're going to win the SEC based on beating Tennessee. So that became the, the huge. That's why I think Georgia's becoming a bigger rivalry now, especially with Kirby and his relationship with Nick Saban. And another topic that needs to be discussed, which has been thrown out there, is would the SEC hold its own national championship? And I think this is sort of... I don't know how you do that. Well, I think this is Greg Sankey... Leveraging. And and, and him, him, he is upset and he is PO'd about uh, the fact that he put in all this work Mm -hmm. of creating the 12-team playoff format, you know, because he was on that committee. He spearheaded that committee. And it looked like it was a done deal. We all thought it was a done deal. And then it unraveled at the last second because of basically politics. But how do you call yourself a national champion if you only play SEC Well, games what or... you do is you invite certain teams from around the country. And all of a sudden, Greg Sankey is in control of creating the true national champion. Right. Right? You, you say, okay, uh, Big 12, we'll take your cha- – you, if you want to play with the big boys, we'll take your champion – uh, Pac-12 will take your champion, and we'll just do it sort of over here rather than under the the format that currently. So the exists. SEC expanded. To, to, it's not going to happen. I'm just saying, like to yeah. me, this is like you. you the, the right word is leverage. Yeah. Greg Sankey's upset about what happened with the 12 team format. That yeah. basically it was his uh, baby. Yeah. So the SEC expanded 12 back in 91, 92, whatever it was. South Carolina, Arkansas. Then they expanded to 14. With A and M, Missouri, now they expanded to sixteen. Every time they expanded, something different happened. Uh, when they expanded to the four or the twelve teams, we went to an SEC title. Expanded to the fourteen, uh, not a lot changed, but we did see the emergence of the playoffs. Now we're going to sixteen, so they're kind of leading the way. And and I've always said we either got to get to through four six. I think it's four sixteen team conferences. Somebody's got to go away. Sixty four teams. You play it off, and you have nine regular season games against. Your opponents, you have three against other opponents in the other conferences. That gives you a little bit of a gauge of how good the conferences are as far as competition. Then you play it off from there, whether it's a 12 team, whether it's an 18, 16, 14, whatever that is. I think we, we've got to get to the four super conferences. I've been talking about this for almost 20 years. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense, Jay. Well, I mean, then the next 64. It simplifies it. And I, and I know the FCS guys are like, well, we want to be at a. Well, okay. Well, you. And I don't mean this. It's going to be tough to compete because you don't have the money, the resource. So develop your own 64, then have your own championship. Yeah. I think that's better. It's better for TV. I think, I think there's room TV for it. Contract. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you think there's an appetite for that? Most uh, if, if Fox and these other groups are looking for they're looking for primetime content, they're looking for real live content now beats anything else because it's really the only thing you can put commercials around because everything else you can stream, you can Hulu, you can whatever, whatever you want to do, you can go get that on demand. But sports, you get live. You bet on it. There's all these things that are coming up, up around that. So get to the 64, top level 64, lower level. 
I still think, I mean, I know Tim Brando and I have had many debates about this. I think TV would love that next division, and they would love the primetime games, the matchups. The competition would be more even than it is right now, and you get a chance to have the best 64 teams playing every weekend in primetime. But I mean, then that would create opinion. like the big what if. So that if yeah. Cincinnati, let's say, would have likely won that sort of second tier that you're sure. talking about yeah. last year, and then the the Bearcat fans would be like, "Hey, we we deserve a chance at uh, at Georgia." Well, maybe you win your way in. I mean, maybe you get. Some <laughs> I don't know. Time, one team goes out, you come in. Okay, so another <laughs> another an, another concept that's been bandied about is um, in, in, instead of taking division winners. You take just uh, you kind of like do away with divisions. Right. And you take the top two teams. I like that because I hate it when a team goes in from the west. To the so east. do you do away with divisions altogether, or do you keep the divisions, but yet you would then take just the teams with the best record? I think you could do both. Do away with them. I think you do away with divisions. Yeah. but you could do both. You could, you could still take the two best. I, I've always thought if you had the two best teams in the west, the two best teams in the east, those should be the ones going to play for the SC title. If it's those two teams that maybe play just like George Alabama does, and they play again for the national championship, if they're the two best teams with one loss, then they should go play. It yeah. should be the team in the West going to play with three losses. Yeah, I mean we've had too many of those yeah. games, like South Carolina squeaking in there, right. uh, yeah. Missouri, Missouri a couple times, yeah. and just getting killed. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a better matchup with LSU Alabama playing in that SEC title game and getting the best team to play for the national championship, no doubt. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up hour number two. Stay with us live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partly to mostly sunny, Tuscaloosa high 92. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, scattered showers and thunderstorms developing by afternoon, the high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. All right, welcome back in as we wrap up our number two on this Wednesday edition. And, uh, again, hope everybody had a great Memorial weekend. And uh, we have got Jonathan producing at Tide 100.9. we got Josh Smith, our normal producer, who does all things, everything for us. And uh, he has been at Crawford with us and uh, and also uh, our Tide 100.9 FM, Joe, the, the uh, main uh, producer guy, program director there at our flagship station. But uh, Brittany in studio with us and part of WOW. Women on Wednesday, she'll join us each and every week. I think Dr. Schaefer's going to be sponsoring this as well as Battle Republic. I think uh, it's going to end up being one of our great spots, which you do a lot with Battle Republic. Tell everybody, how can they meet up with Brittany Wagner? (laughs) 
and come box with me. Come box with me. Yeah. Yeah. You may want to get beat up. You may want to get beat up by Brittany. (laughs) No, I will not hit you. (laughs) Just come box. Mm -hmm. Battle Republic at Summit and Homewood locations. You can download the app or sign up on the website and come. It's a really cool concept. Can you explain it? It's like a club. Yeah, it's like nightclub versus meets fight club kind of thing. Like music's really loud. It's dark. Like LED lights. Um, Everybody has their own water bag. You, you know, bring a picture of your ex and put her up That's on right. there. You can <laughs> post pictures of whoever you need to channel that anger towards. Jimbo could put Nick's picture up there and right. Nick could put Jimbo's picture yeah. up there. And then coaches are on the stage and we coach you through. We teach you the six punches and we coach you through a 45-minute incredible workout. And then you do ab work and then kettle work. We do kettlebells, abs, hitting the bag. Yeah. It's incredible, Jay. When are yeah. you going to do it? I've already done it Lars. twice, three times. You are... <laughs> Oh, oh. He has I'll be there uh, next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll save a bag for you. Okay. So is it is it is it like fifty fifty men women? No, there's there's more women than men, Lars. Oh, boom! All right. Yeah. There's more women than men, but there are a lot of men. men. Are, there yeah, are a lot women of are men frustrated. Yeah, women are frustrated. There are a lot of men though that come and and like yeah. punch the. We had a we have a guy that actually. Punched the bag so hard that it exploded. Like he punched a hole in it, and the water came out of it. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but I don't think I would be able to do that. Yeah, you would. (laughs) I don't know. Channel your energy. It's pretty fun. It's fun, and it's a really good workout. And I really want y'all to come. Tell everybody about the book. Um, the book "Next Chance You: Tools, Tips, and Tough Love for Bringing Your A Game to Life." (laughs) Uh, yeah, you can buy it anywhere. Books are sold. You can download the Audible version where I read it to you. Um, yeah. Tell us about being on Good Morning America oh and wearing a pirate shirt. <laughs> that sh- I bought that shirt at South Boutique right here in Birmingham. Those puffy <laughs> sleeves are are like they were in then. In then, I think they're still in. I, think they I are. don't know. Yeah. And everyone made fun of me on social media for wearing that shirt, but whatever. Um, Good Morning America was fun. It's crazy. Good Morning TV like that. Live Morning TV, it's mm-hmm. nuts. Like, so I cool to see you get to be like, like your, 4 your picture yeah. and your book on the on the marquee, marquee in, in Times Square. Square, I know. That's like a, a lifetime achievement right there. That's a that's a bucket list. Like, I didn't know they were going to do that either. And so, like, I'm live on the air and I'm watching it, watching them show it. And I'm freaking out and trying not to freak out at the same time. It's incredible. Did you get a, a ton of feedback from that? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> Big response? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was good. Big deal. <laughs> Girl from Mississippi. Girl from Mississippi on Up Good on Morning America. DMA. What the heck? Good Morning Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I wasn't ever on Good Morning Alabama. Because they... Really? <laughs> no. Wow, a little bitter about that? A little. resentment. <laughs> I mean, a little. All right. Uh, women on Wednesdays. Brittany with us each Wednesday. We'll talk women's sports as well as much other headlines. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Josh, Joe, Jonathan, thank you guys. Have a great day. Hi, this is Wes McLean.